Are you a funny person? Am I a funny person? That is such a good question. I've actually always wanted somebody to ask me that. No one's ever asked me that. Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Colby Sharp. That voice you just heard is author-illustrator Abby Hanlon. In today's episode, you'll get a chance to decide for yourself as to whether or not she's a funny person. I think she's hilarious. I sat down with Abby in northern Michigan a couple of months ago at the Harbor Springs Festival of the Book. In today's episode, you'll learn about how being a first grade teacher impacted Abby as an author, how she taught herself to draw, and the million dollar question, is Abby Hanlon funny? Take it away, Abby. So the series is about a six-year-old girl named Dory. Her nickname is Rascal because she gets in a lot of mischief. Most of the mischief is caused by her overactive imagination. So she has an older brother and an older sister, and they think that she's really annoying, and uh, Dory is constantly trying to play with them. and her older brother and sister are trying to get away from her. I drew and drew and drew for about five years. Um, I had the idea, an idea for a book, um, which became, later became Ralph Tells a Story, um, which was my first picture book. I had that idea when I was a teacher, but it just took a really long time for me to get to the point where I could actually uh, draw a character moving their arms and legs. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, that book came out when my own kids. I have twins. Um, that book came out when they were in kindergarten, um, and at that point, uh, when my kids were in kindergarten, they really wanted to read chapter books, and I was looking around for uh, the perfect chapter book for them. That kind of you know was. Easy, easy to read and had age-appropriate content for a five-year-old. Um, and that's when it kind of hit me, like, I should make a book. I should make a chapter book for five-year-olds. And actually, when I tried, when I, um, you know, I came up with the manuscript and tried to sell it around, I definitely, that was, um, you know, that, that was a wall I hit where publishers were saying, you, this is, there's a mismatch between the age of the character, six, and you know, a 160-page book that those two things don't work together. Um, and so I had one publisher suggest doing Dory as a picture book series, and I really didn't want to do that. I wanted to like my whole goal was that I wanted to make the book as thick as possible <laughs> because that's what little kids want. You know, that's what they they're looking for is like a thick book. So actually, when the book when I did for the first time see the book um, uh, in the hardcover um, when it first came out. That was my first thought was like, it's not thick enough. Why did it, how did it get to be this thin if it's 160 page, page, 60 pages? And, you know, um, but it's, you know, it's substantial, I think, and for a five-year-old. Before I was an author, I was a first grade teacher. And uh, when I was a teacher, I, that's kind of when I first discovered 
picture books. And just from reading out loud to my class, I, I sort of became obsessed uh, with picture books. And we did this writer's workshop curriculum, and the kids were writing stories using pictures and words. And I thought, hey, this is awesome. I want to do this too. So I would come home after school and try to figure out how I could use words and pictures to tell a story too. But I had to learn how to draw. That was that was a big um, obstacle for me because I have no background in art at all, had never drawn anything, and had to learn from stick figures. I actually had to learn from a book that taught me how to draw stick figures. <laughs> a lot of the uh, feelings of Dory come from my own childhood. So I am the youngest of three kids, and I have an older brother and older sister just like Dory. Um, who really did not have any interest in me when I was a kid and um, still don't. <laughs> and uh, I was always uh, trying to get their attention. So um, because my sister and brother really didn't want to play with me, I ended up talking to myself a lot. And I had a big imagination and I had a lot of imaginary friends that I talked to. And you know, it became this vicious cycle that the more I talked to myself, the more annoying I became. So it just hit me at one point. I think even went like my, my siblings as, you know, now that we're adults, they still actually call me a baby. So one day it just hit me like, oh, like this is it. This is, this is a good problem for a character is getting stuck in this vicious cycle and just no matter what, always being the baby. So, um, so that's what I did. I basically took all of those feelings of being the youngest, um, and then uh, and then I combined those feelings with basically uh, all the funny and crazy weird things that my own children do. So a lot of the things that Dory does um, are things that my kids did in real life. I mean, I shouldn't be proud to admit some of the things, like uh, my son actually did uh, attempt to give a doctor a shot with a pen. <laughs> um, Dory does it with a lollipop. But yeah, there's a lot of things in Dory that I really could not make up that just came straight from, from my children. Um, I just put them together. And uh, so basically, Dory is just... Um, She's kind of become like a place in our family where we just store everything that's funny. Like every time something happens, like if it's my kids or their friends or our cousins, like, you know, somebody says like, oh, put that in Dory. And like I do, you know, that's, that's where I get this stuff is from the kids around me. So it's kind of like great to have like a family joke that I, you know, can make a livelihood off of. I'm kind of a lone wolf, and so I learned how to do everything by just sitting at my desk. I mean, I, there was definitely lots of times where I really wanted help but didn't know how to get it, didn't know anybody in the industry. Um, so I had an agent um, who sold Ralph Tells a Story, and, um, you know, she she was kind of like my fairy godmother. I, I dedicated the first Dory book to her because she, um, she was really amazing in that she bought my work um, when it was still really, really rough and said, like, you need to, I think, you know, you could illustrate this, but you need to, like, seriously work on it. And so 
there were three years where I just kept working before she even took me on. And then, um, then when I wrote Dory, she kind of knew right away that this is something that we could sell. And um, I, uh, at that point, I really didn't know how to structure a book. I didn't know how a narrative arc worked. So when I wrote the first Dory book, it was just uh, lots of different, uh, it was very episodic. Bef when I sold it to Dial, like they bought um, a very incomplete book um, that was just like, this is Dory as a dog, this is Dory going to the doctor, and I had no idea how to put it together, because when I wrote, wrote Ralph Tells a Story, it was so short, obviously, as a picture book, that it had a natural arc that you can, you know, that sometimes it just happens, you don't, you don't subconsciously realize that you're, you know, using an arc, but when you write a longer book, uh, for me at least, I really had to think about that, so, um, so, Dial, my, my editor at Dial, Lucia Momfried, I always say that she taught me um, how to write a book um, in a 20-minute phone call, which I'm still really grateful for because what she said, really, like I still use it all the time, this advice, which she said, um, if you build the narrative arc correctly, then if you take one scene out and try to put it somewhere else, it won't work because, uh, you know, you... It, you're not build. you haven't, like, there's, the cause and effect doesn't work anymore. You have to build it. And so it can only go back in that same, same exact spot. So that's, that advice uh, really helped me rewrite the book. Um, so, like, here's a good example. When I sold the book, Dory, you know, she just had this imaginary enemy uh, named Mrs. Gobblecracker. And um, she talked about her all the time. And it was really annoying to her brother and sister. But then after I started thinking about an arc and how to, you know, sew this thing together, then I was like, oh, then it hit me. Her brother and sister, Luke and Violet, are the ones who make up Mrs. Gobblecracker in, as a threat to Dory to scare her. But unfortunately, their plan backfires, and then Mrs. Gobblegracker becomes like her favorite game. It sparks her imagination. And then that kind of became the formula for every other book, which is just like, what plan do Luke and Violet have that, that backfires next? Um, so uh, that's really the amazing thing about writing, I think, is like you start off with like these little visions, and then sometimes when you're trying to sew them together, uh, you know, it's really, sometimes it's really, really hard. And then other times, like, it feels like the magic happens uh, in those connections. I'm at the point in my writing where I don't, I don't need any more for somebody to tell me if something is good or bad or works or doesn't work with the Dory series. Like, maybe with another project I will. But I've worked on this series long enough that, like, I know when it's working and and I know when it's not. And so um, I just, I feel really proud of the four books so far in the series and I want every book to be as good. Um, and so that, that book, the first book has always kind of been like a benchmark. Like I want every book to be as good as that book. And uh, I'm just going to have to work really hard until each one is because um, it just takes a lot of drafts and um 
And I'm just, what I'm always looking for, I guess, um, the humor is the most important aspect of the book. So I really start with the humor. I, you know, I keep a collection of, of funny things. And then I look at that list of funny things that I wrote down. And then I try to create a story out of that. So um, I, it's hard to add humor in later, you know. So I guess that's the struggle is like I, I really want the books to f- be funny and feel fresh. And I just, the idea that like, you know, the new Dory book comes out and it's just not as funny as the one before, um, that, that, I can't live with that. Am I a funny person? That is such a good question. I've actually always wanted somebody to ask me that. No one's ever asked me that. I don't think I am at all. Um, and I work really hard at the humor uh, in my books. Um, and yeah, like in conversation, I basically kind of, I feel like I fail a lot with humor. Um, and so it's not spontaneous. But. Um, I just, I have so much fun with my kids and I think that my kids are so funny that I try to just, that's what I'm trying to do is just capture that. Like, just remember what we're laughing at and write that down. One of my main motivations for writing these books is to give kids uh, this feeling of accomplishment that they made it through not just one big thick book, but you know, five. If there's going to be five, um, I I think I you know I get a lot of emails from parents that say that this that the Dory books were the first books that my kids read independently, uh, and that's the biggest thing I think that I want to give kids is that that feeling that 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 they can do it, you know, they see their peers reading big books, and, um, and I know that struggle so well, I was not a great reader, uh, my kids struggle with reading, and I really wrote these books for, for those kids. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Yarn. Thank you, Abby Handlin, for your time and for creating awesome books for kids. Thank you to my co-host, Travis Yonker, for helping me produce this episode. Travis, thanks for playing basketball with me at NCTE. It was really fun watching you block a Newberry medalist shot. Thank you, Philip Stead, for creating our theme song. Additional music for this episode comes from Jazar via the Free Music Archive. If you have an idea for a season or episode of The Yarn, shoot us an email, theyarnpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Colby Sharp. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.